Welcome to the Mom Worthy Podcast. This is Brittany. This is Sam. Grab your coffee or your wine and come hang out with us. Hey, mamas. Hey, guys. It's Britt and Sam here. We just finished up talking with Heidi Powell, and this was such a good one. You guys are going to love it. If you don't know who she is, follow her at Real Heidi Powell. That's her IG handle. And she's a mommy of four. She's an expert fitness trainer, an author, and she's also a transformation specialist on the show Extreme Weight Loss. You might have seen it. And she also is just a really encouraging person, and she gave us a lot of good tips and advice on marriage, relationships, Mm co-parenting. She also gave us some inside scoop on the next season of The Bachelorette. So that's your thing. She has a friend that is cast on it. Such a good conversation with her. We think you guys are really going to love it, um, especially when she gets into the 30-day sex challenge. We were really interested in her uh, telling us about that, so we think you'll enjoy it too. And there's exclusive information because her thought process on it has changed since yes. she wrote her, her blog on it, yes. so that was interesting to hear. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hi. Hey, Heidi. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? We can hear you great. Can you hear us? Awesome. Yes, I can. Loud and clear. Well, how are you guys? (laughs) Oh, we're good. You know, just living our best quarantine life. (laughs) I I know. I know. It's so crazy. It's actually kind of nice. I'm not going to lie. You know? Yeah. You you guys have a full house over there, though, don't you? (laughs) We do. Yes. So we have four kids that are here. We have our two dogs. And then I have... I have Chris, like he's like, <laughs> like I have Chris, and then like, <laughs> and and actually I, my ex husband's here a lot, so it, it is a very full house. We were gonna ask you about that, how that is yeah. quarantine, <laughs> yeah, yes. co parenting all at the same time. Oh, good, good. I can't wait to dig in. Yes. So thank you so much for joining us. We're super excited. Um, we're local in Phoenix too, so we're bummed we can't meet you in person, but luckily we can still I know. connect virtually. So how are you? We want to know how you are staying motivated. You always are motivated, it seems like. Is it a struggle, though, right now through all of this? You know, it, well, okay, so it depends on the area of life. So I think life ebbs and flows, um, you know, and, and there are certain areas, like when I was, when we weren't quarantined, I feel like I was in a much better groove physically uh, because I had a goal. I knew I was competing, so I had to be stage ready by this day, and I was on my plan. So I do think that has gone by the wayside a little bit. And I shouldn't say by the wayside. I still exercise about as much as before. I think the motivation is not as strong as it was when I knew I was working toward my goal, which I think is typical. Like when you know you have a goal, it's easy to get in there, put all the effort in, have your coach look at you, whatever it is. Um, Now, in other areas of life, though, I actually feel more motivated Um, than I ever did before. Like, I I mean, career wise, which is just insane. um, I feel like now I kind of had a little awakening moment at the beginning of quarantine where I'm like, okay, wait, like this is when people need me the most. Mm -hmm. Like they actually, what my job and my career, my passion is helping people, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, behaviorally. And like people need help right now. Like we're in a crisis and I, by nature, am a fixer. And when I see someone down or hurt or sad, it's like I naturally gravitate toward them and want to cheer them up. And so it really, I kind of feel like I've, I, everybody needs purpose. And I feel like my purpose is like, like I have purpose right now and, and the world needs 
um, uplifting and they need guidance. They need to be taught how to do things at home. They need to be reminded that it's going to be okay. And so in those ways, I, I, I feel great and super motivated. Totally. And I feel like your presence, like on social media is very positive and calming. Like I love seeing your stuff. So sometimes it can be, sometimes it can make, be the opposite. It can put you down. I feel like every time I see your Mm -hmm. things, it usually makes you smile. (laughs) Especially your guys' TikToks. (laughs) Thank you. You know, it is, social media is one of those things where it's like, it's, uh, it's hit or miss because there are girls that I follow that, um, and, and we're, it's human nature to kind of be like, gosh, you know, do I want to follow this person? Because even though they're great, when I watch her stuff, it makes me feel like I'm less than as a person mm-hmm. for some crazy reason. And they might be so incredible and so positive, but just, there's something about it that it's an insecurity that maybe I have. And it's my problem, not hers, that I'm not, sh- I, I'm not strong enough to watch that person's social media. Um, but I found, and I don't know if this works or not, but for me, I'm like, you know what? Like, Everybody has pros. Everybody has cons. We all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. We tend to show our strengths on social media more than our weaknesses. Um, And I decided to be my goofy self. And I'm like, if people don't like it, then that's okay. But like, I found more often than not that that authenticity, the goofiness and like my, you know, you showing faults actually uh, connects with people more than showing the good parts. I, you definitely lay it all out there. I know we were going to talk about something in particular, <laughs> actually. <laughs> we're big believers on, on just being real, too. But yes, it's hard. It's good. It's hard, it you know, is. to show the hard parts of life and, and your imperfections. Yes. But you do a really good job of it. And, oh, and one thing you. we remember about you, and this, yeah. this, is a, this has happened a while ago, so we don't remember <laughs> the, this article exactly. But yes. something about you and your husband were going through some struggles and you guys yes. through some reason or somehow committed to 30 days of sex every day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we are both very intrigued by this process. Yes. yes, we did. And so it's funny because as we grow and we learn my perspective on that time period and every time period changes. So I have to say that like even when we were in the middle of it, it was one thing when I wrote the article, which was a year ago, so it was um, like February, I believe, 2019 versus now I have I can kind of look back and see even a slightly different perspective. But I will say this. So the we Chris and I and this is something that I think the world would be so surprised by because what you see on social media or you see us working together and you think it's relationship goals. Right. And I do mm-hmm. think in so many ways he and I are relationship goals like co-partner go or like uh, partner business partner goals we, we there's so much good that we have but the actual um relationship that he and I had came last so sorry there's a little bit of backstory to this um we were I was a fixer I think fi- I you know was attracted to him because he needed fixing and I mm-hmm. loved the kind of person that he was <laughs> we never we never dated at the beginning I more was just helping him clean up his taxes and do all different sorts of things and So we solidified a friendship and a business partnership first, and the dating didn't happen until months into us meeting. Um, And, and even, even dating was so different because he's just such a driven, unique individual that literally lives for his mission. And I am so much a fixer that I live to fix and make his mission happen. And so that like the marriage, the husband wife part of it, 
um, which actually never planned on happening. We only got married because Chris wanted a child. And I'm like, Hey, you, if you're, if you want a baby with me, you have to marry me. And so we ended up getting married like five days later, literally. Oh. I, we, no ring, no proposal. Wow. And yeah. So we really are like, we have been partners in life, but not to say that we have great chemistry and a great connection. And I laugh with him more than anyone. We can have the biggest blowout fight. And like 10 <laughs> minutes later, something funny is happening and we're both dying. Like it's just, <laughs> and we still might be upset by what happened 10 minutes before, but we're, it's just different in that way. And I'm super grateful for that. So, um, we've never done date nights. We've never done, we've never nurtured our marriage ever, ever, mm -hmm. ever. Like since he and I got married, we've nurtured our business, we've nurtured our kids and we've had a great friendship throughout, but like the marriage kind of, you know, wasn't great. And, and what we found happening is a lot of the toxicity in the marriage, because we weren't focusing on it. And anytime you're not building a part of your life or your business, or you're not nurturing it, you're not watering a plant, it starts to die. And there was, um, almost toxicity that was seeping into, cause we were, we had high expectations in every area, all the hats that we wore from mm -hmm. co-parenting to business. Um, and then we'd look at our marriage and we'd be like, gosh, this sucks. Like, and, and that like fighting would start to seep into our business and it would seep into how we parented. And it's like, we kind of got to the point where we're like, okay, we either need to do something about this or we need to divorce. And so we really were, um, contemplating divorce back a handful of times. I, I and might be lying if I said we had it, but not because we hate each other, but because we're like, gosh, we need to cut out what's not working. Um, and then our next door neighbor who happens to be our business partner was like, okay, wait, 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 before you guys pull the trigger on anything, you need to try the 30 day sex challenge. And we're like, okay, that sounds stupid, but let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and he was telling us, and cause he was in the middle of like a really rough time. And Chris and I, you know, I was always crying and it was just really hard. Uh, again, so much great going on. So we weren't lying on social media, but it just, um, so Sonny kind of explained it to us and he's like, yeah, it saved multiple marriages. And so we tried it and we, it was like every day for 30 days, you have sex, no matter what, doesn't matter if you hate the person, if it doesn't matter what time of the month it is, like you find oh. a way. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> like Sorry, you well, substitute for something else, but you <laughs> bottom line, there's gotta be sexual connection for 30 days. And it wasn't even like, I am a pretty uh, driven person that way. And so I was super excited at the beginning, but after like seven days, I was like, gosh, I do not want to touch him. <laughs> ever again. You just kind of like, you're over it after seven straight days. Um, and so, but, but what we noticed and, and we would be in like full on fight, like hating each other, say like day 12. And, but Chris and I are such people of our word and our commitment <clears throat> we'd be like, if it weren't for this damn challenge, I wouldn't want to touch you right now. Let's do this. Let's get it over with. And so we really would start that way. And then we would end being like, oh my gosh, like what we were fighting about was no big deal. And so it kind of helped us. We were much happier. So overall in that 30 day period, we were much happier. And it was probably partially the hormones that are released when you are, you know, having sex, but then also it was the fact that for the first time in mine and Chris's marriage, we had who knows how long, um, because some marriages, it's going to be two minutes. Some it's going to be 30 minutes, <laughs> but you, there was a period of time where 
the only person and only thing that we were connected to was each other. And Mm because usually even if you're on a date or even if Chris and I are sitting in, you know, the office or on the couch talking, there's kids running around or there's TV in the background. Or, you know, if you're on a date, you're watching a movie. So that's between you guys. If, you know, you're at a restaurant, there's a server and there's people and there's even in a car talking, you're focusing on driving or the stereo. But when it's you and him or, you know, you and her, if this is a guy listening, that that time meant like it meant a lot to me that Chris, for the first time in our marriage, was willing to consistently give up that time for me and nothing was between us. And all that mattered was our connection. And I believe that 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 sacrifice of time was what made things so great for us. And then, yeah, you add the hormone, you know, the emotions and the hormonal release and it's a lot more. So I believed for a while that that saved our marriage, but I also believe, so after another year of, it's been, we haven't done 30 days since. Um, <laughs> I'm not an animal. Look, <laughs> I know, I'm not. <laughs> but I've been able to look back now and say, gosh, you know, part of me also thinks that while there was, that, I, I do think that there was a layer of um, uh almost like a mask that it put on the problems in our marriage too. Um, that over time, it's like, okay, well, they're actually still really there. Cause like I would say, we would be really upset with each other and having sex would put us past it for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is it's still there, you know? And like those deep, there are deeper underlying issues that I do feel like maybe it was helping us cover for a, a while that, in the long run, we still have to face and we still have to figure out, you know, whether it's there or not. But it, I, I will say anyone listening and, and to you guys, you should try it. It's really an interesting thing. Like you never want to. Yeah. So yeah. you recommend it might be like a Band-Aid for the moment, but you recommend <laughs> it. Either yes. way, it is a good thing. Yep. It, it, it's a Band-Aid for the moment, possibly. But you learn a lot about each other. I, like, again, I had a high level of respect for, like, the sacrifice I feel like Chris gave for that. Um, and, and it's mm-hmm. maybe in a typical relationship, it would be the woman giving the sacrifice. Yes. <laughs> <I'm gonna laughs> <guess. laughs> My husband would not be sacrificing anything. That would be <laughs> oh, I, we're very non-traditional. Like, I, I, I am someone that craves love and attention and just time with people. And so it really did mean a lot because Chris, Chris is, you know, he, he's a, the most driven human I've ever met to like, you know, succeed and reach his goals where I am too, but I'm usually driven because I want to please him. It's, or because I want to please somebody. And so I become very driven and I work for love. Like I kind of, am like, Hey, let's make this happen. Let's do this as a team, you know, and, and for my family. So anyway, hope that answers your question. Very self-aware about yourself. It's been a lot of therapy. Do, <laughs> do you know your it. Enneagram number? Do you follow that at all? No, I don't. Should I? I you should. Look, I think you're a type one. It's like a whole psychology <laughs> okay. thing. You know, yeah. I, I, okay. Go. If you take the test, let us know. I'm almost <laughs> okay, positive wait. you're a type one. What is it called? I'm writing this down. It's Enneagram. How so you Enneagram. It? Okay. E-N-N. Let's see. I have to write it down. E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. You'll, if you go on Instagram, there's okay. tons of different accounts for it. But there's nine oh. types. Okay. Like, I'm a type six. Sammy, I think you're okay. a three. Well, I took it a few different times, and I'm so split between so many types. I don't even remember because it, it wasn't 
For sure. Oh, yeah. I got six every single time. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I was the one. (laughs) That is so. So when I read those things, there are times where I'm like, okay, wait, do I answer this question based on who I am today? Or who I was a year ago, or who, I, it is. Hard. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and yep. sometimes I'm like, "Well, I was a different person yesterday," and like, in you know, I don't know. That's I'm, why girls. I could see we why shift you a lot. Different ones. Well, but. I'm a different person <laughs> in like home life versus work life too. So for me, yeah. those things are really tough because I wear different yes. hats and I change. Yes. I really do change yeah. in each set situation. I, I am 100. Yeah. It's like, Hey, wait, well, is this in, in a conversation with Chris? I would say this or a conversation <laughs> with the world. Cause I'm going to be a lot exactly. different in both, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. um, we're also really curious. So we have a lot of our mom, our following is moms, right? And we yes. have a lot of moms that are struggling with co-parenting and we know that in our opinion, you're an expert at co-parenting. <laughs> I'm sure it took a lot of work to get there and it's probably you still have your struggles. But like, you know, is there any advice that you have for people who are trying to navigate that relationship? Yeah, you know, I think the most uh, important advice I could give anyone is I, there's, there's a lot of important advice, but be the bigger person. You just have to be, it, it is so hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can say this from my perspective, be the bigger person. Like I can say, Hey, there were times when Derek and Derek wouldn't mind. He, he and I work together on a lot of stuff right now, but, um, where I, I would have had my perspective. We all have our own perspective of what's happening. And I think we need to understand that my, your perspective, whoever's listening to this is not necessarily the same as your ex-husband's perspective. Like they're reality is very, very different. And even if you're looking at the same situation and understanding that is, was eye opening to me, you know, I could have had a situation where I was like, gosh, Derek's being so unreasonable and this and that. And, and really I would have enrolled everyone around me in that idea and it would have looked real. But then if I actually t- stopped and looked at Derek's perspective and where he was standing in his life and how he was doing the same situation, I, the reality is I, I would see a basis for him thinking I was unreasonable. So I think it's just mm-hmm. knowing and, and, and being the bigger person, because there are times things just aren't going to make sense. And when you're going through a divorce or if you've gone through a divorce or you're, you've been through a while ago and, you know, you're still trying to figure out the co-parenting relationship. I think it's important to understand too, that there are emotions and there are hurt feelings. And, you know, for me and Derek, um, I actually, I left that marriage. And so I, as, as time went on, I had to say, okay, there's a good chance Derek might be hurt. And that's why he's reacting this way, you know, Mm -hmm. and you have to like take responsibility for who you are and what you've done, whether it's, I could have looked at my marriage and been like, okay, it was 80% him. So I left whatever it is. Everyone has a different situation, but the reality is if it was 80% him, it's still 20% me. And, um, and, and also there are going to be times when he says things that you feel are mean and unfair. And it's so we can't choose or control how people are to us, but what we can choose and control is our attitude about it and how we react and act, or we can think and we can act. And I, I mean, I, I, they married or not, because I go through just as many things with Chris, probably even more than I do with my ex-husband, right? because I'm with Chris a lot more and you, I have to take those same things in my marriage and in my co-parenting relationship and, um, say, okay, you know what? I, I'm not going to react to what Chris or what Derek is saying. 
I need to add to it. Cause there are plenty of times I can tell you where I have been the one saying something that I shouldn't have said. And Derek has been the one that has chosen to be the bigger person. And like, I might've meant it mean. Cause sometimes we, we are hurt when we feel hurt ourselves. Um, and I might've said something that was a little bit cutting say, okay, so let's think about the kids right now. And let's and almost ignore what I said. It's like, gosh, I, I realize I need to be strong, you know, so really, truly thinking about what's best for the kids. It, it is just important to do what's best for the kids. And I, I think I might've said it a few different ways. So if I repeat myself, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, but the reality is like, you know, sometimes we feel like doing what's best for the kids is fighting for them, but never fight. It's, and it is sometimes again, it's circumstantial, but it, it's never good for the kids to see co-parents fighting in front of each other mm -hmm. and kids never want, no matter how wrong your ex-spouse is in a situation, whether it's about the kids going to school or whether it's about something bigger and they never really want to see their mom and dad fighting. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've had to learn the hard way because Maddox Marley have seen it. And, you know, Derek and I, it took us five years before we were ever um, friendly. And I shouldn't say friendly. I, I, cause you do have to set your boundaries. You don't want to be a pushover. Yeah. And I think that's why it took a while. Cause we both had our boundaries, but it took um, five years for us to accept each other's boundaries and create a different dynamic to our relationship. And it took healing um, and me kind of learning who I was again and Derek learning who he was. And over the past seven years, it's been, since then, um, it's been, we've had our rocky times for sure. But at the same time, like Derek is, um, he, I know, he's actually one of the very few people that I know I can go to for advice, even about my own marriage wow. and relationship and know that he's going to help me. He's going to guide me in a way that is best for the thing, the people that I think are most important in this world. And that's our kids. Mm -hmm. And, and he always says, Hey, look, yeah. Like I, I want what's best for the kids and what's best for the kids is for their mom to be happy and for their mom to be healthy. And Heidi, for, you know, the kids to see you, you know, going through this is not happy and healthy. So I want to help you. And so it, but that I give a lot of credit to him and how he's grown and, you know, Chris introducing a new man into, um, a relationship, you know, when Chris came in after Derek and I were divorced, that's really hard too for, yeah. it's just, it's threatening in a way. And luckily Chris is not a very threatening person. So I, I, I think credit goes to all, everyone has to be willing to work. And for those that are out there that like, I've seen so many comments where people are like, oh my gosh, well, you're just lucky, you know, because you have there, my ex would never do that. I, I promise. I used to say the same thing about Derek. I used to always say, oh, People don't know. Like Derek will never come around. I can, whatever. And we both had to come around. Like I just had this perspective that it was all him. No, we both needed to come around and we both needed to meet in the middle. And so it is possible for everyone. It's just, you, you have to be consistent. You have to be kind. You've got to be the bigger person and you have to be willing to work through it and know that it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. And I think, it, you know, saying that it sounds easy, but being the bigger person is really hard. And we oh. all want to be right, or at least I do. Oh my gosh. It is so hard. Yes. So I can see why it took a long time to get there because it's extremely hard to, to really think about in every situation, how can you be the bigger person? And then you also need a partner that is willing to be the bigger person as well, because you can't always mm -hmm. be the bigger person. You know, you need them yes. to like own their situation as well. 
So I think that's a big part of it too. Um, it, it is. You're right. Like, I think it's like the, the you know, that's, that's any relationship. It takes two people to, to want to make it work. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that advice is good for any relationship. I know being the bigger person is something I struggle with in my marriage. I've been with my husband 10 years and that's something, yeah. you know, recently I'm really trying to focus on so we can be yeah. a better parent for our child. Yeah, I think that's good. And I, I just on that note, because I think for the first, so mine and Chris's marriage, we've had phases like everybody has. And for the first five years, I was kind of, I was the kind of person that was the bigger person, but with a little bit of a jab on the end, like, oh, look at me, I'm the bigger person. And if that, <laughs> that doesn't, that's almost worse mm-hmm. or just as bad as you reacting and being rude. So it's like it, there, you something and it's been our therapist that's kind of walked us through it and I've had to learn through a a lot of my own mistakes but like to really be the bigger person you have to be willing when someone says something completely rude and mean and terrible because people do you know and no matter even when they love you they say terrible things to try to hurt you um you have to just be like okay you have to almost stop and say okay where are they coming from they're coming from a place of hurt themselves and you have to think about this with your ex-spouse when they say something or your husband, or your friend, or even my mom, you know, whoever it is, you have to be like, they're only saying that because they are hurt as a person. What do they need right now the most? Okay, they need love. And so it's, and it throws people off for a while when you're like, hey, like, I know you didn't mean that. No, but I did. And you're like, (laughs) okay, I'm going to walk away right now because I love you too much and I care too much. And if it's with your ex-spouse, you say, hey, I'm going to walk away. I'm not like, hanging up on you, but I'm just gonna, this isn't good or productive for us or your kid, our kids. And like, let me know when we're a little more level-headed, let's talk it out. Cause I really want what's best for our kids. And I want what's best for you, you know? And it like, it does throw people off at first mm-hmm. cause they're like, Oh, they're just trying to be condescending, but no, like, and it does work. And it's so hard in the moment. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, you just called me the meanest name. And I want to call you the same thing right back. Mm-hmm. But it's like when, when you actually do it, they, they start to appreciate it and you both can start to communicate on a different level. True. It's almost like if you're having struggles with your spouse or your, your ex, maybe just lead by example and it, and you have yes. to do it for a long time sometimes until they catch on and hopefully they do and, and reciprocate that for you. They, they do. And even when they don't, because it happens sometimes in my life, different relationships when they don't, I, it is crazy as it sounds. I feel more at peace and confident and comfortable with who I am the more I can stay in that space, no matter how much someone tries to hurt me. Um, and, and actually I believe it's, it's formed me into a much stronger person. Like there, I was just telling someone yesterday, maybe it was my mom this morning, (laughs) um, just a specific area of my life where I feel like I'm constantly subjected to being hurt by, you know, a, a certain person over and over. And I said, mom, you know what though? Like I'm okay with it. And the reason I'm okay is because that's what's made me who I am today. And like anytime I, it really does. Like the more we can like subject ourselves or we, we can find the areas of our life where we're not being fairly treated and we can identify those as things that are, it's kind of like when, you know, you tear down your muscle, when you break down your muscle, when it's hurt, it, that's actually when it's rebuilding, you know, and like you break it down so that you can build it up and make it stronger. And I believe the same goes with our souls. It's like there are certain situations in our lives where it's just not fair. It's just how it is. Like people aren't going to be fair. They're not going to be kind, whether it's your spouse or your ex-spouse or a friend or a coworker that you're stuck with. And sometimes we can't completely remove ourselves from the situation without making the situation worse. Um, 
but, but the more we can kind of understand what it is and tolerate it, give ourselves some space to let ourselves, you know, and it's like, we, we, we build up calluses or Mm -hmm. strength. We become stronger like a muscle and we learn how to have more compassion for people, view things with a different lens. Um, And those are situations I wouldn't change. I think for me, when I hear you speak, it kind of takes me back to just working on yourself and, and the saying that you can't change other people. You can only change yourself and your reactions to it. So really, you know, I, I feel like, if I were speaking to somebody that's co-parenting or trying to navigate that, really just focus on yourself more than anything. Focus yeah. on you being a, be- a better person, the bigger person, a happier, healthier person. And hopefully they'll follow suit. But if not, at least you're doing fabulous. It, amen. <laughs> amen to that. You summarized that perfectly. Yes. Oh, that's good advice. Thank you. Yeah. So this is a, like totally random and off subject. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I like this. I'm excited. No, I have, know. You have that friend who is going to be <gasps> on The Bachelorette, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my, I remember that now. <laughs> yes. Yes, Brett. Do yeah. you have any inside scoop of when this is going to happen? We are huge um, fans of the okay. of thing. <laughs> guys, guys, I I feel like he, I always, when, when he was cast for it, I'm like, Brett. This was your calling in life. Like you were <laughs> born and you were put on this earth to go on the bachelorette and win that final rose. Yeah. Like, I am. I am so excited for him. He's going to die when he finds out we talked about this. Um, oh my God. <laughs> in fact, I'm already pre-planning because I I'm doing a podcast. And I'm like, you're going to be my guest and we're going to talk about all. I, it's, yes. I'm super excited. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I. And guys, he is like the most charming human. Like it is like so much fun for me to see him just go through life and just, and he has such a good heart, like such Claire is going to fall in love with him. Let's just say that. And like if she, she does will. it, he'll be the next bachelor. I yeah. Well, <laughs> well, part of me is like, I hope people who are in their thirties and forties, like, come on. Yes. Well, that's real life. So it's like here we, how old are you guys? 30. <clears throat> okay. So I'm 38 and I've been through a divorce and you know, it, and there are people at my age that are, have been through multiple divorces and it's just the way that the world is. <laughs> yeah. Now. That's real life. And it's life. like, yeah, we have kids and we want to know that there's hope. And this whole bachelor enterprise, it started when we were in high, like yeah. I was like 19, like yeah. I think when it had started or maybe I was, I don't even know, but it was back in the day. So it's all of us are like the groupies of this mm-hmm. show and we're falling in and out of love and hearts are broken and we have kids and we feel like we have baggage and we want to know that there's hope for us. So yes. it's like, I want to see more appropriately aged yes. people on. And so it was really exciting when he got cast. <laughs> um, and yes, I, so I do think he's, I do think he's going to either win <clears throat> and my hope is that he doesn't win, that she doesn't choose him mm-hmm. because I would love, he doesn't know this. I haven't told him when he listens to this, he'll <laughs> I would love to see him as the next bachelor because totally. he's just such a funny, there's not a more fun human being to be around. There's really not. Um, and so, I know he's well liked because I saw when they posted yeah. pictures, everyone was a fan. <laughs> well, well I were. am a fan for many reasons. I think he's age appropriate. Yes. He's handsome, he's yes. handsome right? Yes. Um, yes. And out of ever, like, come on, is she going to pick someone that's 23? Like, get out no, of here. I know. Get out of here. So, Stop it. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't hear this from her or from him, but I read somewhere, someone had sent me an article that said that because of this, so he actually. They started filming. I don't know that they started filming. Maybe they did, but they flew them there, right? Beginning of March to start. 
And then he lost his phone and everything. And then like, I started hearing a few, and I was kind of helping with a few small odds and ends with an article that was out in a publicist for him. Um, but I got a call on like a Saturday night or no, it was a Friday night. And I'm like, it was him. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, <laughs> they gave me my phone back. I think they're flying us out because of this whole coronavirus thing. And so he actually flew back. It was like that, you know, five days after they flew him there and he was able to open up his Instagram account because they had to keep it private for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at the time they were going to resume filming in two weeks. And I believe now, so I, again, I didn't hear this from him, but from another source, they were saying that they were going to recast a handful of the uh, bachelors. Mm. And I think the reason why, if I were to guess, this is my hypothesis. So I'm not a huge bachelor watcher. When I found <laughs> out he was going to be on, I started watching. So I watched the last two, ep- three episodes of the bachelor, the last <laughs> one, just to get like, okay, what's an idea? Be yeah. Doing? Yeah. Um, but I guess one of the girls, he, again, he doesn't know this. This is what I've heard <laughs> from people. <laughs> there was supposed to be a younger bachelorette and she either backed out or it didn't pan out for some reason. And so then they, they plugged in Claire who was older, but they had already cast a handful of the bachelors in their twenties. Mm. Um, and so I hear that they might recast. I, my inkling is they will not, they would be stupid to recast Brett. Oh, yeah. He's literally like, he's, he's, he's the front runner, I believe. Totally. Um, I hope they do recast the others, though. I hope they do. I think they will. And my guess would be just kind of looking at the way that the production world is right now. um, I feel like they'll start shooting more shows around July. But I do think they're going to wait just because there's so much. um, And no production wants to be liable or responsible for a coronavirus outbreak. So I think they're going to be safer than sorry than they are sorry. Um, and I do, I think that they would start probably midsummer, end of summer is my guess. I read, a, um, an article recently saying that they are going to do it quarantine style and they're going to like rent out a resort <laughs> and they're never going to leave the resort. No, that makes sense too. That's amazing. So, and they should do that even if it is in July. Um, I was watching, so, oh my gosh, I'll have to send you guys the video. I sent it to Brett last night. Um, I was watching Jimmy Kimmel. I don't watch TV, but it happened to be on. And I happened to look over as Jimmy Kimmel was doing a spoof on The Bachelor. And it was like all of it. It was quarantine style. So Chris Harrison was in like his like hazmat suit. (laughs) (laughs) The girls, they had like superimposed masks on them. And instead of like roses, Peter was like, Hannah, will you accept this role? And he was giving <laughs> rolls of toilet paper. It was really hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we need to watch that. That's so right I'll up our alley. <laughs> oh, and I sent it to Brett. I said, I can't, I can't wait for you to collect the final role because it just was so <laughs> perfect. Oh anyway. my gosh. Well, thank you for that that bachelor insider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's some Jesus yeah. food. <laughs> so so don't find Brett any girls anytime soon. He's got to wait. Yeah, he, he needs, needs to be the next Bachelor for sure. He, he needs, needs to, to find love on TV, oh. and he will. Yes, well, we'll follow his journey. Yeah. <laughs> yes, before. do. Do. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Heidi. We'll let you go. I'm sure you have a busy day, but we've had a really good conversation with you. Thank you. Of course, yeah. Thank you, guys. It was so good to talk to you. And once this is all over, you'll have to join us in the studio. <laughs> well, you know what? I would love it. Where are you guys at? What part of town? Peoria. Okay, yeah, I would love it. I need to. Where are you, you guys at? just I'm over in Mesa. Mesa. Oh, okay. Mesa. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah so we're in Phoenix. 
Okay. Uh, okay. Well, one of these days we're going to make it happen. Yes. Pixar didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Heidi. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I love her. That was so good. Oh, my God. She is hashtag girl crush for I sure. I know. She is the best. <laughs> I knew I liked her before, but I love her even more now. I am so sad we didn't get to meet her in person. Heidi, when you listen to this, we're for real. <laughs> Better come in the studio. We were so sad. <laughs> oh, my God. Or just get coffee. Yeah, something. Yeah, we'll meet you. I want to be her new best Mesa. I love her. She's the best. I wish we could have talked longer, but so we for sure need to do this again. Oh, I know. I, I, I love when it's those people that you can just chat and chat and chat and chat with. Mm-hmm. Like, it just kind of takes me back to the conversation we had with Andrew Robinson. Yes. Just oh, so easily. So good. Or with Amy. Oh. <laughs> we talked for like three hours. Yeah. That was a really long one. <laughs> well, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Don't forget, um, follow us on uh, Instagram at mom.worthy. We're also on Facebook. You can follow us there or join our Facebook group, Mom Worthy Mamas and Mom Worthy After Dark. Don't forget to leave us a review if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to shoot us a DM, if you have any other things that you want us to talk about or anybody you want us to have on, let us know. We love your tips and suggestions. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.